are the bunch of crazy dogs. That's some fun. Gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Costa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. This is our look at the upcoming Week 2 games across the NFL. In this episode, we'll cover the top games of the week, including the Sunday night and Monday night picks. Andy's going to offer his sandwich game, and uh, I'm going to throw in a Moneyline Matty pick of the week as well. But first with me as always, because we can't have the sandwich game without him, from Almost Wise Guys Central, it's my man Andy, the prognosticator Atridge. How you doing, buddy? Mm, sorry, hang on, just getting that last bit of the Reuben sandwich down there. Um, I had a good week last week. It was all right. I went ten and six against the spread. I could still pick winners, and I could still make money for all kinds of people back home. And why mess up a good thing? Uh, I did get the sandwich game, which was Denver um, beating up on the Giants. If I sell two sandwiches for ten dollars each. That equals. Money. Got my teaser, uh, my 49ers won, and most importantly, both Dallas and Green Bay lost. So, all in all, pretty good week. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed watching Green Bay lose, that's for sure. It was lost, it was how badly they lost. Yeah, the look on Aaron Rodgers' face, it warmed the cockles of my heart. Was that when he was sitting on the bench in the fourth quarter? in the subcockle region. Was that? <laughs> and Jordan Love was uh, taking the snaps from center? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, him coming out as well. Like, I was going to go into this on the Monday Nighter, but, man, that had to have been demoralizing for Rodgers as well because uh, he's not coming out of the right. game normally. So it, was a it was a great day. Great. Do you link your own sausage? It was the week of the backup, though, right? Well, you saw what Trey Lance came in for a touchdown pass. Your boy Justin Fields came in for a touchdown run. As we just mentioned, Jordan Love came in for most of the fourth quarter. Marcus Mariota was being used for uh, for direct snap running game. Um, you don't see that too often, where where so many offenses are going. I wouldn't call it wildcat, but they're using a dual quarterback system, which you know we'd so- sort of seen in the preseason with the 49ers, and I guess uh, it's sort of a trend to watch for the rest of the season. It was a hell of a week, though, man. Like, there was, uh, you know, the overreactions have already begun. But some of week one storylines, how about Kyler Murray and the Cardinals? Four passing touchdowns and one rushing and a huge win. Their offense looks every bit as explosive as KC does. They're in my division, if you recall. So not yet. Didn't like that too much. But Well, AFC West and NFC West are both uh, undefeated thus far. Of course, and- you have the game of the week that was Monday Nighter. Oh, my Whoa. gosh. And my Moneyline Matty pick. The Las Vegas Raiders uh, beating uh, a great Ravens team or what people think is going to be a great Ravens team. And that was probably one of the most exciting games I've ever watched. Yeah, don't go don't go to sleep early on Monday nights. If you miss this, you'd better be dead or in jail. And if you're in jail, break out. Um, I love week two for from a betting standpoint. Looking at the 16 games across the board, half of them uh, feature home teams sitting as underdogs. And as you just mentioned before, there's a huge overreaction to what we saw in week one. And hopefully, um, we're going to capitalize on that. But I subscribe to the law of... Contrary public opinion, if everyone thinks one thing, then I say bet the other way. With the passing of Norm MacDonald, Maddie and I will be showing some love for one of the greatest ever. I gambled on uh, sports, and I will tell you this. 
you should never bet football because the ball ain't round. I keep telling people this. And so the ball hits and then it does all kinds of crazy things and uh, you don't know. You want to bet on a, a game with a round ball. But anyways, I quit. I don't know why I'm even saying this. There were some serious overreactions to week one and we shall capitalize upon them accordingly. You ready to fire it up, Matty? Oh, let's fire it up. Oh, All right, the first game we're going to Sunday involves the Las Vegas Raiders coming off a very emotional Monday night football game, and they're heading into Heinz Field to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are sitting at five and a half point favorites at home. Forty-seven and a half is the over/under. Now, uh, huge shootout there in the desert, right, Andy? But could be a letdown spot for Las Vegas here. Uh, it could be. Uh, you know, the, uh, the intrigue factor was was there from the beginning. It was the first game at Allegiant Stadium with actual fan attendance. That didn't happen last year. Um, a lot of dignitaries there, a lot of important people. Ice Cube. Oh, yeah? I, did, I missed that one. Yeah, Ice Cube was entertaining the folks at halftime. But you got to be, you got to be a freak of the week for the top gun, hit you with the pop gun. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and no, I, I stepped up during the halftime show. But, you know, they had 60 points scored, uh, almost 900 yards of offense. You know, suspenseful coming right down to overtime. You could see that Mark Davis was ecstatic with his team's performance. And you know who's sitting next to him? All-pro cornerback and former Heisman Trophy winner, Charles Woodson. Speaking of one of the best to ever do it. Oh, yeah. Uh, for, and for two teams, I don't know which jersey he's going to go into the Hall of Fame with, but I guess the Davis family believes it's going to be the silver and black. Um, well, a guy that we really need to shine some love on, and a guy who is making a graduation of sorts uh, this week, is one Derek Carr. Derek Carr, it, for those who don't know, we've had a running joke on this show that he's actually the third best car. Right, because you got Eric Carr, ex-drummer from Kiss, obviously number one. Number two is David Carr, and then coming up the rear, uh, you've got Derek. And now, I think with the Monday night game, a little pomp and circumstance is needed for Derek to graduate into second spot. Now he takes over David. He's not getting Eric Carr's spot. So, I think with that, Andy's going to bring you. The top five reasons that Derek Carr should now be considered the second best car. Better than David, but not as good as Eric. Take it away, Andy. Number five. Derek has 27,331 career passing yards in the NFL. David has 14,452. Number four. Eric Carr performed as a drummer on over 10 albums with Kiss and even one with Brian Adams. He even has his own action figure. Number three, David Carr has 67 career touchdowns. Derek currently has 172. Number two, David Carr had 94 starts in the NFL. He is the fifth losingest quarterback in the history of the NFL with that many starts or fewer, a 3.51 winning percentage. Derek is on the same list, is 23rd with a .432 winning percentage. And now the number one, Derek was born with the last name Carr. Eric was born Paul Charles Caravello and voluntarily, without duress, became a car. Respect. 
Well, and there you have it. The graduation of one Derek Carr is complete. Congratulations, Derek. You are the second best car. I know you've worked very hard on that. But <laughs> in all seriousness, this, as I said off the top, is a classic letdown spot for the Raiders. Short week, um, a big emotional victory on a primetime game. Um, that being said, though, their defense looked like it made some serious improvements in the offseason. Uh, they made life really difficult for the Ravens offense a lot more difficult than it looked like they were expecting and if their pass rush and secondary play like that on Sunday the Steelers offense could be in for a long day uh yeah the Steelers defense is a heck of a lot better though than what we saw out of the Ravens I don't I believe that they're both uh upper echelon defenses but if you look the way that their front seven managed the bills um there was no comparison in the two but uh, both good defenses um, so, you know, if the Raiders can do that on the Ravens, yeah, I think they got a pretty good shot with Pittsburgh. Um, as we mentioned last week, John Gruden can get his team up for big games. And this is certainly a big AFC game. Give me the five and a half points. I'm taking the Raiders. I still think that the Raiders can come into Heinz field and cover five and a half points. I'm with you on that. I wouldn't be surprised if they won it. Uh, but like I said, with a classic letdown spot, I'm going to keep those five and a half points in my pocket, although the money line is a juicy plus 210. Go Raiders! People ask me, what are we doing here? Las Vegas Raiders, knees, head, knees, head, huh? What are we doing? We're winning games, man! All right, Andy, on to one of your accounts. Or your main account, the San Francisco 49ers. They go rolling into Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia, one of those home dogs you were talking about this week. Uh, three and a half points. In fact, they are underdogs by 50 is your over under. Now, Philadelphia, it was addition by subtraction, right? No Carson Wentz. Right. Boom. Somehow <laughs> they get an offense, eh? It's ironic how that works. The ironing is delicious. Jalen Hurts, I mean, what, the guy threw for three touchdowns. Uh, I think it was 62 yards on the ground. I mean, he's living definitely up to the, his height, and that was very apparent. Uh, the 49ers almost coughed up a 28-point lead, a uh, 17-point lead at the two-minute warning. But uh, lo and behold, um, actually, sorry, 24-point lead at the two-minute warning. So... Um, fortunately that didn't blow up in their face. I think they just took their, their foot off the gas, a couple key injuries to, uh, Raheem Mostert, who's out for the season, Jason Barrett, their DB, huge gap to fill now out for the season. Uh, what I couldn't figure out was why Brandon Ayuk was targeted exactly zero times. It was a bit alarming, but they still got the job done. Um, much like last year when they played the Jets and Giants in consecutive weeks, they stayed out on the East Coast, and they are, again, staying at the Greenbrier Resort in West Virginia. Located amid the breathtaking Allegheny Mountains of West Virginia, the Greenbrier is a national historic landmark and an award-winning resort that has been welcoming guests since 1778. Now, Matt, do you think the boys are going to take advantage of the Murder Mystery Dinner Theater? the yoga power retreat, or perhaps the bracelet and jewelry making workshop. I'm mostly going to be doing the sluts. Yeah, I'm hoping to do some sluts too. Uh, knowing your Niners, I would have to say knitting because they're soft. Hi-oh! 
Oh, oh, oh no, oh. I'm playing, man. They're they're a much tougher defense than Philadelphia saw last week. Last week they played the Atlanta Falcons. I don't even know if they can spell defense in Atlanta. Uh, the Niners field a much better product on Sundays, uh, especially when it comes to that side of the ball. I was a little bit uh, taken aback by how they kind of let the Lions back in it. But, you know, quite frankly, when you get the Lions down, you expect for them to roll over. So props to the Lions for even attempting the comeback. When you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. One of the things that was an Achilles heel for the 49ers last year was that they did not match up well when going against rushing quarterbacks. In fact, they were 31st in the league behind only Arizona when it came to yards allowed by the opposing quarterback. And guess what? Jalen Hurts can run the ball. <laughs> For that reason, I'm actually going to take the three and a half points um, at home with the home team dog. Um, I like this to be close, but yeah, I got to take three in the hook, man. Yeah, I hate to go against the Niners in this position. I really do because I think they're a really good squad. Uh, I agree with you, though, about Philadelphia being able to uh, maybe exploit Jalen Hurts' wheels a bit, and that hook just makes it very tempting. So I'm going to take the Philadelphia Eagles as well with those uh, three-and-a-half points. Bad things happen in Philadelphia. Down to South Beach we go with a big AFC East matchup. The Miami Dolphins at home against the Buffalo Bills. Miami are three and a half point home dogs, uh, just like last game. We got that three in the hook. 47's your over-under. Actually, 47 and a half would be your over-under for the game. And uh, Miami, pretty good defense in week one, eh, Andy? Well, they, they showed that they, it wasn't a flash in the pan last year. You know, they forced three fumbles. And they held the Patriots to just 16 points, despite the fact that Mac Jones actually had a pretty good game for his first start in the regular season. Um, the weather report shows that it's going to be sunny and almost 90 degrees at kickoff time. So I'd like to make one suggestion to Bills fans and Bills alumni. Please wear a hat. Simpson attorney Johnny Cochran put on the knit cap. Prosecutors say O.J. wore the night he committed the murders. Although O.J. may have heard his case when he suddenly blurted out, Hey, hey, easy with that. That's my lucky stabbing hat. Not that kind of hat. One that keeps the sun off your head. Yeah, I found this backstage. Uh, oversized hat. It's funny. No, it's not. Sure it is. It's funny. It's funny because it's uh, bigger than a <coughs> you know, normal hat. I, I see that. Get back to your podium. <laughs> Take a look at that. Last year, Miami's D led the league in defensive turnovers with 29. And the only, the only thing I don't like in this matchup is that they typically use a man-to-man coverage. But you're not going to be able to do that when you guys, guys like Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley, and Emmanuel Sanders lining up against you. It's just not going to work that way. So they're going to have to make a few adjustments on defense. And I think they can. So I'm going to take the Dolphins at home again with the three in the hook. How that hook makes it tempting. But um, if the Bills had issues with the Steelers' defense last week, they're not going to have it any easier this week. You're absolutely right. However... One game doesn't make a season. Just ask Aaron Rodgers. R-E-L-A-X. The Bills have won five straight versus the Dolphins, and all five of those games they scored more than 30 points. He's five, Josh Allen is 5-1 and one in his career versus Miami, and he has averaged 315 pass yards a game, 
2.8 pass touchdowns a game and averaging at about 114 passer rating. So he loves to play Miami, whether it's in Buffalo or whether it's in Miami. I think the big question in this game is whether or not you really think the Bills dropped off that far offensively, or was that just a blip last week against you know the Steelers, who have a really good defense, maybe even the class of, well, in the top three for sure in the AFC. I think it was a blip. There's too much talent there to be otherwise, and I'm not going to overreact to week one. I think the Bills go down into South Beach and uh, turn it around. I'm taking the Bills with the points. Are you going to do your standard Cole Beasley touchdown prop? Oh, yeah. Fucking that guy's Mr. Automatic. Go Bills. Squish the fish. Now we head to Los Angeles where the Chargers play host to the Dallas Cowboys. And, uh, well, the Chargers are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home with a 56 being your over and under. Uh, it's a tough one for the Cowboys last week against the Bucks on that Thursday night season opener. Even though they lost, though, they showed they are multiple times better as a football team with Dak under center. But I think that's something that we all knew. Now they've got a long week to prepare. How do you think they do against a strong 1-0 Chargers team that managed to put up, uh, what was it, 20 points on a stingy Washington defense? Yeah, that was pretty impressive for a, a four-point win. You know, let's go back to the Cowboys game. First game of the season, it was pretty exciting. Uh, no Great to Mike, way to start off the season. Yeah, note to Mike McCarthy. Don't, don't give Tom Brady a buck 14 left on the clock because you yeah. know what's going to happen. We, we've, we've seen that film being played before a few times. Um, if you're going to have time left on the clock and Brady's going to get the ball, you need to have plan B, which is to have somebody just Nancy Kerrigan the guy. That's not a bad idea. I think they could probably find a few guys in Texas willing to uh, to step up to that role. Um, I was looking ahead to week three on the schedule, and they are f- uh, playing in prime time again, facing off against division rivals, the Philadelphia Eagles. And you know what that means, Maddie? It's an almost wise guys sandwich, sandwich game. game. What are you? An idiot sandwich. So you got the Cowboys traveling halfway across the country for a non-conference road game against the Chargers. And the market is really high on them after their performance last week with Dak under center. They went for over 400 yards. But guess what? Justin Herbert tossed for 337. What I would like to see out of the Chargers is a more balanced offense. Uh, Their leading rusher, Austin Eckler, last week had only 57 yards on the ground. And in fact, the whole team averaged less than four yards of carry. Last year, Dallas was 31st in the league in rushing yards per game behind only their cross-state rivals, Houston Texans. I was talking to Jerry Jones, you know, the Cowboys owner, and uh, he's disappointed, obviously. Yeah. Well, he's a good guy, though, man. He's, he's talking about rebuilding the team, you know. And he told me, he says, we have to get back to what made us a championship team. Strippers and crack. This is a thick pastrami Reuben at Brent's Deli in Los Angeles. I'm going with the Chargers. I'm going to have to echo your sentiments there. The Cowboys are like any team with a big national following. You'll pay a tax due to the popularity. And I'm with Andy here. This is a big letdown spot in between two big primetime games. And 
I actually think the Chargers have got themselves a decent little squad down there in L.A. Uh, I like the Chargers to cover this three and a half at home. Yeah, and, and one more point about their, their coaching change. You know, under Anthony Lynn, they were, I believe it was uh, seven and 16 in games that were decided by one point or one score or less. And we just saw last week that they can hang in there with close games with good defenses. So, yeah, absolutely. Go Chargers. I want me some glory hole. All right, for Sunday night this week, we head to Charm City, where the Baltimore Ravens are uh, three-point underdogs at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. 55 and a half year over under. Now, this has gone to plus four on some books. Has it really? Yeah, on actually a lot of books. And what I will say is that's really going to be key when we come to the total tease, because if you want to tease that number, it goes through seven and lands on the key number of 10. So you definitely, if you're going to tease this game, you want to get it at plus, well, get it at plus four if you can, shop it around, right? Yeah. Um, so with that being said, uh, is it worth trying to grab some Baltimore action here against a Patrick Mahomes, who's obviously world certified super stud? Well, you know, he showed his worth once again last last week in the fourth quarter with a comeback against the Browns. Um, you know, remember last year in the playoffs, they play, pre, played a pretty tight game, 22-17. to 17. I, I get the feeling that that is becoming the type of rivalry that we were used to between Peyton Manning and Tom Brady uh, like 15 years ago with the Colts and, and the Pats. I just, see, I, I just see them matching up a lot more. And if you want to talk about a luxury tax, Look no further than the team that's been in the Super Bowl twice in the last two seasons, and that's your Kansas City Chiefs. The bigger thing means the taxes. Um, three and a half for Baltimore at home. Like, you know, the Browns have a good defense, but as we mentioned last week, there's been a lot of turnover, so it's going to take some time for them to gel. Not so much the case in Baltimore. Um, it was a really bad beat losing all three running backs in their death chart even before the season started. But now they got Latavius Murray who got a touchdown last week, Tyson Williams, who had 69 yards and a touchdown last week. And it looks like Le'Veon Bell will be in the lineup this Sunday. So it looks like they shored up those gaps. Their defense is still their defense. And not to mention Hollywood and Edwards look like a pair of elite receivers on Monday night. Yep. Yep. Uh, Again, three and a half at home. I'm taking the field goal on the hook. This is is crazy, man. No, absolutely. I'm I'm definitely going with Baltimore. Well, yeah, it started at three. It's like I said, gone to four on on a lot of books I've seen. I think the Ravens show up big time at home in prime time and give their home crowd uh, something to cheer about. I'm taking the Ravens, not just with the points. And like I said, they're already plus four. So pick them up. But uh, at plus 169 on the money line, they're my money line. Maddie pick this week. Oh, oh.
And finally, we head to Monday night for an NFC North matchup. And, uh, well, we feature the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field taking on the Detroit Lions. Green Bay, 10.5-point favorites. Uh, That's gone to plus 11 on a lot of books. And uh, 48.5 is your over-under. And I'm not ashamed to say... And when we set it off the top that I bathed in the schadenfreude while watching the Packers get absolutely dismantled by the Saints. Squeal! Squeal! Like I said at the top two, Rodgers getting pulled and Jordan Love coming in to finish the game. That's That was the cherry on top. Yeah, your uh, NFC North division, they're also perfect, right? So that's going to have to change unless there's a, a tie this week, which I don't think is going to happen in Green Bay. But you have to, yeah, you got to give it to the Lions and the resiliency to come back on the 49ers like that. Not something you'd likely see under Matt Patricia. I think I got probably one of the biggest plays in the fourth quarter in the history of the NFL where I think I did a pretty good job. So I don't think it's that. How about Rodgers last week with his 36.8 passer rating? I know I'm dwelling on last week, but I just want to get every jab I can in at that guy. I mean, if, if 30, first of all, how bad is the 36.8? Well, if Rodgers had gone out there, and spiked the ball for four quarters, he would have had a rating of 38. I do want to dwell on the past, Matthew. I do want to dwell on the past. And let's look what Lafleur said after the game, and then look what Rogers said after the game. Let me quote Lafleur. It's very humiliating and humbling at the same time. There's no excuses. Uh, bottom line, we didn't, we didn't do what we needed to get done, and, and we got embarrassed. Aaron Rodgers had a slightly different take. I'll let him use those words, and I'll use, uh, it's just one game. You know, we played bad. I played bad. Offensively, we didn't execute very well. Uh, One game, we got 16 to go. In other words, (laughs) R-E-L-A-X. That type of chemistry, just, I can't imagine that's going to carry well over the course of the week. Um, or the season. I think he walks into Lambeau now with his middle fingers in the air. He's like Stone Cold Steve Austin in that place. Yeah, I um, and and this 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 spread's actually gone up from ten and a half to eleven now. Yep. I, I'm I'm liking the Lions. <laughs> you know, I'll take uh, I'll take a spirited resiliency over um, apathy any day. Oh, a, a double digit spread. I'm definitely looking at it, uh, and Lambo isn't cold at this time of year. It's it's not going to be that brutal of a game. I honestly think the Lions can close that gap. I'm I'm with you. I'm taking Detroit with the points. Please hang up and try again. All right, now it's time for our total tease, where Andy and I both give you a total we like, and we both give you a teaser we like. So, Andy, uh, what kind of teaser are you liking this week? So, as far as teasers go, we pick one every week. We have always done so, and will this week. I'll be honest with you, be brutally honest with you, I'm probably not going to put any money on it. But in the spirit of picking a teaser, my first leg is actually going to go to the New York Jets, who are at home as six-point underdogs to the Patriots. So I'm going to take that number through the 7 and the 10 and get them to 12. It's going to be a low-scoring game with a predicted total of 42. So not a lot of scoring. don't see a lot of variance. That's why I like that pick. Denver on the road in Jacksonville. I don't necessarily like laying points or uh, picking away teams, but uh, you're just going to take them down to a pick them. So all they have to do is beat Jacksonville, and I certainly think that they're a better team. So again, New York Jets, Denver Broncos. 
Yeah, for my first leg of the my teaser, I'm looking at the Chiefs Ravens. The Ravens, uh, and the reason why I'm looking at my picks this week for my teaser it's because of the line movement that's happened the ravens are now up to plus four on most books so shop for that line and take them from plus four to plus ten you're going through the key number of seven and landing on another key number of ten then go to the lions packers game take the lions which are now at plus 11 and take them to plus 17 Uh, 17 is a key number as well also, for a total that I like, I'd like the Cowboys and Chargers game to go over 56. What do you think about that? Um, It'll be a shootout. Yeah. I think that the Chargers defense is probably going to play a little bit better than what Dallas saw last week. Um, I don't know why Tampa Bay didn't show up, but um, yeah, they, they absolutely have the ability to, to put a light show on. Oh, there you have it. Go make some money. Well, thank you for listening to Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud, and then you won't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our website, almostwiseguys.com, for additional content and picks from all week two games across the NFL. From the Costa Nostra Studios, for Andy the Prognosticator, Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. How many times did you love that other man behind my back, baby? How many times did you follow him home? How many times should I take it on the chain and take him out of span, baby? How many times? How many times? And the sky is bigger And the trees are older And the air is clean I'm a newborn soldier With my finger on the trigger And a chip on my shoulder I'm the American dream How many times Did you love that other man behind my back, baby? How many times Did you follow him home? Times should I take it on the chance and take another span, baby? How many times? How many times? You're a supernova, getting bigger by the hour, and you're picking up power, running on steam. Always fucking me over, and you saw me down the river, and you taste so bitter. Oh, you're a perilous queen How many times Did you love that other man behind my back, baby? How many times Did you follow him home? How many times Should I take it on the chance and take another spare, baby? How many times How many times Bigger by the hour, and you're picking up power, running on steam. Oh,
always fucking me over And you sell me down the river And you taste so better Oh, you're a perilous queen How many times Did you love that other man behind my back, baby? How many times Did you follow him home? How many times Should I take it on the chin and take another spin, baby? How many times? How